Hey everybody, welcome back to The Takeaway Show. I'm your host, Daniel Messersmith, and I'm so happy you're here, you're joining today. Uh, We have exciting um, session ahead of us. Uh, My cousin Rebecca is going to be joining us, but before we get into that, I wanted to share a few things that I think you guys would really enjoy. First off, I had the opportunity to meet some awesome people who have some awesome talent. Uh, the first person I want to give a shout out to is to the Woodman, uh, Merlin Sawyer. So uh, about a couple months ago before Super Bowl, I had a Kansas City Chiefs helmet made out of wood. Uh, he, he did a phenomenal job. I actually posted about it on my Instagram. You can check that out. Does phenomenal work. He does all kinds of animals, uh, just Animals, musical notes, sports, uh, military logo logos, does phenomenal work. You ask him, he'll figure it out how to do it. And he does it the way you want, the color you want, the shape, the size, everything. He does it uh, exactly how you want it. Just tell him. Again, that's Merlin Sawyer. And you can find him on Instagram on Build Up Blue. That's lowercase build under dash up under dash blue all lowercase super cool guy and you can find him at the artesian market every sunday from 10 to 2 in Carrollton, texas um the other person is the popcorn specialist i'm at a awesome guy named isaac uh but you can reach out to the popcorn specialist they have all kinds of flavors of popcorn Uh, I actually got to try some today. I got jalapeno cheddar, and it had a massive kick to it, but it was um, absolutely delicious. You can reach them at info at thepopcornspecialist.com, or you can call them at 469-855-3648. Again, that's the Popcorn Specialist. Uh, Another thing is, so the former pastor of my church that I attend, Covenant Church, Pastor Mike Hayes, you can find uh, in his website, mikehayes.org. He is writing a book with Dr. Jeff Gardner on happiness, and they have a special where if you go to imrealhappy.com, you can receive an early copy of it before it comes out, which is in September, and you can read it, and then Amazon will give you a date that you need to read it by and put your positive review on the book, what you thought of it. And if they reach up to 100, they will get on the New York Times bestselling list. And I've followed Pastor Mike Hayes since I was 13. I consider him a father figure, a teacher, a mentor. And I've asked him to come on the podcast, him and his wife, Kathy Hayes, if they would be interested in coming on the podcast and sharing their story, which I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am for that opportunity and that day to come for them to join the takeaway uh, as guests. Uh, for a session, but I consider him a real role model to me, and, and he's influential leader, teacher, pastor, and loves God, and this book, I feel, will reach millions, and people will be changed by it, so again, that's imrealhappy.com, and you can enter your information and get updates, texts, emails about the process of the book, how it's going, and when the first copy can reach you, if you would like to participate in that. Also, for the Good Friday, I thought about a lot of different options on how to approach Good Friday weekend. As you know, I'm a Christian, so Easter weekend or Resurrection weekend is very important to me, and I was wondering how am I going to go about approaching that without going down just a complete rabbit hole on just everything uh, that that entails resurrection week resurrection weekend and i thought the best way to do that is to break down the film the passion of the christ and i'm really excited i've done a lot of research and i'm going to tackle just the controversy of the film what reviews were how people were affected by the film and what went on behind the scenes because there's so many interesting things So many interesting things that happened to the actor Jim Caviezel and the director Mel Gibson on set 
and the aftermath of it being released, how people were affected by it positively and negatively, but mostly positive. So I'm really excited about that. But before um, we have all that out of the way, um, I'd like to go ahead and get started with this session. I'm going to forewarn you, there's really not a specific topic for tonight. I'm calling my cousin up because we have a lot to catch up on also. And she's a really cool uh, chick. We actually lived together for a while um, and we share a lot of commonality also. But we also have a lot of different uh, stories to tell. And this is just an opportunity for us to catch up. And you just happen to be in the same room as we're doing that. So get ready for tonight's session. I hope you guys really like it. And make sure you like and follow on Spotify. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's going on? Not much. Preparing for the sorry. I haven't eaten yet. Well, you're um on the podcast. You're live. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, hey. thank you so much for doing this. Um, I was kind of giving a background to our listeners um, about you and I and how we had a time where we lived together and um. We have kind of different experiences and, and different stories that we share, but I think a lot of it uh, with us living together, I think we can probably go down a, a, a rabbit hole on just different topics and, and what we experienced. I know a lot of it was, uh, for me, was it was the first year of me going to high school when I lived with you. Um, I was in my senior oh, year. Like going to like you going to like actual like public school? Yeah, yeah, going to Rowlett High. And it was honestly, you know, I tell this to everybody, I had more fun in that six-month period of going to Rowlett High than I ever had being homeschooled. And a lot of people said that, you know, I wouldn't make it and I, I would crash and burn. But honestly, you know, I, I did great. Um, you joined the debate team, right? I joined the debate team. That is right. Uh, I loved it. I, I don't. I don't want to exaggerate anything, but I really feel like I, I aced it. Um, I've always been uh, kind of good with coming up with a challenge and kind of breaking down topics. And um, as you know, uh, here I am with a podcast. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, I just I had like the best time of my life. What um, what do you remember that, about that time? Oh, what year was that? Was that junior year? It was senior for me. It was twenty sixteen. So the end of it or the beginning of it? Beginning. So I went there for junior and senior. Oh, it would have been senior year, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, English class. I remember English class. I uh, remember not being such a good student. <laughs> I failed psychology. Did I ever tell you that? No, I passed psychology. I failed it. I I, I failed it, but the f crazy thing, you're, you're probably not going to believe this. My teacher still gave me an A on the test because I literally would just beg her because I couldn't get it. And I would just, I would bother the life out of her with so many questions. And, and I would have her explain something. I would be in the library on my lunch break. I would skip my lunch and go into the library and just get books on psychology and how to, because I couldn't get it for some, I just couldn't grasp it. I probably could do be, could do a little better now, you know, that I've met different kinds of people and then I study pre criminal justice, um, so I could probably do a little bit better at it. But back then, I couldn't. And, and I tried. I, I tried so hard. And she felt so bad that she gave me a passing grade because just my trying. You know, I didn't give up. And oh my. so. Yeah, my teacher kicked me out. <laughs> we had a class oh, wow, together. Really? Was that the class? 
No, it was English. Okay. What was the class we had together? English. English four. And you got kicked out of that one? No, I got kicked out of psychology. Oh, oh, wow, really? Yeah. Crazy. I passed. No, they kicked me out, basically, because she. I kept getting in debates with her. That sounds like you. You know, I, my history teachers used to do. They used to call me out of class to go start debates. Oh, jeez. That yeah, that sounds just like you. Um, you know, I think I kind of just looking back on that time because I was kind of prepping my conversation with you tonight. Um, I was driving through Garland today, and. You know, I remember just hanging out at Firewheel all the time. And, you know, that that year, I mean, you know kind of the personal stuff that was going on that year with me and the fam. And I feel like that year, for me personally, was the most freeing time of my life. You know, I felt so normal for a longer period than I, I, I had felt in the past. You know, I had a job, I had friends, I went to school, you know, and I, I really felt, I really felt kind of secure in myself. You kind of grasp everything pretty quick. Yeah, you know, and I don't know why, I guess, and also I want to speak to my listeners too, you know, there's so many times where people are going to tell you, you're really going to, you're going to tank this, you're going to fail this, you're you're not going to survive. Literally, people would told me, especially my family, would tell me, you're not going to survive. They're going to eat your lunch out there. In reality, I, for first time, being out there without any real supervision, I felt really secure about myself. I still dealt with a lot of insecurities. But I felt secure enough for myself that I was able to go to school. I was able to hold down a job. You know, I was able to make friends, have have relationships, and I felt like I was actually given a choice. I don't know if you knew this. I was actually given a choice to either stay there or move back to Fort Worth, Texas with my family. And I chose to stay because I knew if I went back there, I would lose everything. I would have lost that freedom. I would have lost the opportunity to build relationships. And I know I wasn't the easiest to deal with back then because I was going through a lot. No, I just didn't want you in my room. <laughs> I, I, I just, didn't care. I, I realized, though, that it was so... You know, I realized at that time like how beautiful life was. You know? And I guess I didn't really have a lot more challenges as I do now and, and my perspective's changed a bit, but I try to keep it the same. You, yeah, you were more of the introvert. You were more of the, you know, kind of, yeah. What did you notice though? What, what kind of things did you notice back at that time? You're going to be a little more specific just because I'm an introvert. I know everything. Well, well what, know. what did you notice about, just what I was going through and, and being there, living there. I guess I'll just be real. What did you think of me living there? And what did you notice that, you know, about that atmosphere and that time? Um, I saw you become like more of how you are today. So like you opened up more, um, Versus how, when we would come visit for like holidays and stuff, how y'all were. Because I noticed it in your sister trail. True. We were very um, chained up, you know. Oh, yeah, y'all were. Very isolated. And I want to speak to that a little bit because I've talked with my friend Caleb. He, he, um, he came on the podcast a couple weeks ago. 
And we talked about homeschooling because we both were homeschooled. I talked about how he and I have very different experiences with homeschooling. And I had a blast with homeschooling. I had not a blast with homeschooling. <laughs> um, because it was just like, it was a robotic kind of life. You know, and, and of course, you know, Dee Dee was, you know, very, uh, she always said how miserable it was homeschooling us. And I was like, well, if it's so miserable, why, why are you doing that? You know, like, is it that bad that, you know, so we just had very different experiences. And I think that's what kind of gets it a bad name in a majority of times when it's brought up. I was kind of the poster child for the bad name of homeschooling. Isolation, awkward, social awkwardness, lacking social skills. I'm, you know, I'd, I want to speak to people do that maybe still struggle with that and you weren't homeschooled. I'm not isolating it down to because you're homeschooled, you're going to have those issues. We all struggle with that and we all have different struggles, but I, I won't, just want to say if, you know, you're, you have the ability to break out of that, you know, and I did, I, you know, there's, there was times where I wouldn't talk to people, didn't want to talk to people. And now I find myself kind of just branching out and speaking to different people and kind of throwing my hat in the ring in different areas. So I think I came a long way from that to, to what you remember. And I remember you guys coming to visit for holidays and man, did I love it. <laughs> it was, it was a blast. Like the only other kids, you know? Yeah, and I wish you guys would have come around more, and I think it was more on our side. You know, I remember just having Thanksgiving dinner with you guys, and I f loved it. You know, you, and then you guys would leave, and there would be stuff said behind people's backs oh, yeah. that I didn't... We didn't care, though. I didn't really appreciate, you know, that. I was like, you know, that was like the only time that I'm going to get, you know, to see them and hang out with my cousins because they say, you know, your cousins are your best friends. And because there was so much distance, you know, we didn't really have that opportunity to grow into that and blossom into that friendship. So I guess, you know, just having that little bit of time, it went a long way. And then here I was thrusted into, you're not going to live with, um, you know, your cousins, and you're going to live with this family, this strange family. I don't want to call you guys strange, as in strange, but a strange environment you're not used to. Here you go. Here's your life now. Bye. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I don't know, did you, do you know the story about that? Yeah. Yeah, it, I, um, I was just kind of dropped off, you know, and it was so traumatizing to me but at the same time it wasn't i, sh I guess traumatizing in the extreme it was just shock it was a massive talk about that day because like i had no idea what happened until like later on obviously so basically like... <laughs> let me just rewind and for my listeners you're gonna get a little sneak peek into my backstory basically we were at a cabin in broken bow oklahoma and me and my adopted mom got into a fight um and she couldn't take it anymore. She, I don't, I can't tell you why. I, I guess she just couldn't take it with my attitude. And I was a teenager and whatever. And she told my dad, you know, you, you have to do something. Basically my dad had to do all the dirty work and she just told him you have to do something with him. And somehow I ended up at the Salvation Army. He was going to drop me off there, but it was a Sunday. So they weren't even open. And then you what got to do. yeah and then um uncle scott aunt nikki your mom and dad came in just kind of swooped in and kind of saved the day in a way and then for the longest time Didi thought i called you guys for six months she yeah. thought i called you and and dad had been hiding behind this lie that he didn't call and I remember I was on the phone with her one day, and, and I told her, she's like, getting on my case about something. Oh, she's getting on my case about choosing you guys over coming back. And I said, she told me, you know, you decide to call. This is your deal. 
And I told her, I said, listen, I, I'm going to settle something straight. I didn't call. I didn't call at all. That was dad. And she didn't believe me. She literally thought I was lying. And so she asked dad finally. And he came, you know, was honest and was like, yeah, I called. So there was just so much kind of deceit around the issue and, and oriented around the issue that shouldn't even have been really an issue. And, and, yeah. And, and I think, you know, I've, I've shared with people about the whole adoption thing about how she would adopt kids and send them back and kept doing it over. It was a repetitive, it was a cycle. It was a toxic cycle. And I think that was part of it. I was part of that cycle. And I just happened to fall back on someone who had the same last name as me. So for the longest time, I kind of carried this blame, you know, and this guilt. And I finally had to come to letting it go and forgiving myself and forgiving them and kind of realizing, you know, that's not your fault, you know, and so that, yeah, so that's, that's the story. That's what kind of happened there, how I ended up on your, your guys's front doorstep. I don't even remember what day it was. I just remember like I walked in, you were like, oh, hey. And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And then all of a sudden you just never left. And I was like, if he was, what? <laughs> yeah. So for a while it was like a week. It was like a weekend thing. And that weekend, it was a nice break. And then I went back and they were like, you know, you're gonna have to get your attitude together. And I was like, why can't you just leave me there? You know, I can go get my GED or high school diploma or do whatever I got to do. Why do I have to come back here? Like, it was just a break from everything. And then just one day, you know, like I said, and, and that was actually in the beginning of the new year. That was the way I kicked off 2016 was coming to your house and living with you guys. And you came at like my party era, so like we a little foggy on some things. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely was something to get used to, and I don't, I don't. It flew by, that's for sure. It really did fly fly by. Um, I'll agree. Yeah, it went by pretty quick. Do you wish you could go back? Well. Yeah, me either. You remember when I, I, I worked at Moe's? Was uh, that because Keith, who shall not be named, got you that job <laughs> Yes, and it was the worst job ever. <laughs> I can say that with full confidence. It was the worst job for it. And I remember I walked into Moe's one day. And if y'all don't know what Moses is, it's a Tex-Mex restaurant, kind of like a Chipotle kind of deal. Southwestern Grill. Southwestern yeah. Grill. Um, I walked in one day, and I wasn't on the schedule. It was her version of firing me, I guess. I was like, you didn't even put me on the schedule. That That's that's the way you're going to do this? Like, just not even put me on the schedule? So I was like, yeah, bye. And uh, I got Dairy Queen. And I got to say, we, we had so much fun at Dairy Queen. I met so many friends, had so many friends, and um, now I don't hardly talk to them. But it was it was an amazing job working there. Um, but yeah, that was my first first job. Actually, my first job was Taco Bell. Yeah, no. Yeah, I thought it was most then Taco Bell then. No, it was no, it was. It was, it was Taco Bell because it was so easy to get into. And um, yeah. your brother's, your sister-in-law worked there at the time. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So I got, I had my foot in the door there, but I hated that job too. That was such, such a disgusting. Anybody that works at Taco Bell that's listening, I do love you, but that is a disgusting job. Uh but then most, and then Dairy Queen, and then Dairy Queen kind of stuck with me because I found myself working at another Dairy Queen in Allen, Texas. When I, Brenda and I got married, um, we didn't really have a place to go yet, and we were living with her mother-in-law, and I was working at Dairy Queen, and I was working at Hobby Lobby. 
So kind of Dairy Queen followed me throughout my years for a while. But um so you're a you're a waitress at Cracker Barrel. Can you can you tell listeners you're, you're not a waitress anymore. What are you? I am an employee training coordinator. Ooh, fancy titles. So basically, I babysit the servers. <laughs> and there was a pay raise with that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, what's it like working at so, Cracker Barrel? Be careful. They might be listening. <laughs> like, no hate to anybody that works at Cracker Barrel. Well, Cracker Barrel, if you know, you know. That's all I'm saying. If you know, you know. I have, but uh, I wanted more. I've been serving since I was fourteen, so I wanted more of a stability paycheck so I could get out of the restaurant. So I moved up, and now I'm like, I, I always tell people I'm basically a glorified babysitter because I do all the paperwork. I tell like if you're out of dress codes, and again, this is like if I will send. I need to remind me to send you the dress codes for Parker Bro because. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and again, if y'all, whoever's listening, if you work at Cracker Roll, you know you know. Um, <laughs> basically, like, if you're out of dress code, that's where I said, I'm like, what color socks you wearing today? Because I don't see them. <laughs> or like, those are the wrong color jeans. That's not the right color polo. Why is your hair not up? You need to tuck your apron in. Like, no. Like, the dress code, uh, that, yeah, that's where I come in. So you're basically kind of hated. So, you need to have then a day where they all wear funny colored socks or something, something stupid and silly. We have a thing called Sunday Funday, and we'll do like, um, it's my job to do that as well. So, it's like, I'm a hard ass, but like, I'm a hard ass with a heart because we do like fun things. Like, we call it Sunday Funday, but it doesn't actually have to be on Sunday. And we'll do like food and and like gift bags, we'll do drawings and stuff like that. And I think this week for, or when Easter comes up, we're gonna do like an Easter egg hunt. Like if you do your side work and you're you're actually doing your side work properly, you'll find the Easter eggs. And I'll have like gift cards and stuff in them. Oh, the employee perks we all live for, right? Yeah. But I'll also do like, cause like, again, I was a server there. Right. I worked my way up, I've done every position. Um, so I try to make it fun for everybody and inclusive for everybody, not just one particular part of the restaurant. I mean, I think this weekend we did, um, whoever sells the most crafted coffees, like your lattes, uh, whoever sells the most of that will get, um, a dinner for two at Luby's or at Rose's Cafe or somewhere around. Yeah, that's basically what I do. I either have fun or yell at you. Oh, that's kind of... Yeah, that's about as every job. Um, you know, I used to work in the restaurant business too. I used to, um, well, not just Dairy Queen, but I used to be a dishwasher and I used to cook at Applebee's. And I guess, you know, that was a while back. So I worked at Applebee's in Durant when we moved to Durant. Um, I was a dishwasher. And then I moved into the kitchen all, my, on my, all by myself. I started learning how to cook steaks prep plates basically make it look nice like i i'd learned it all myself like i kind of taught myself they you? no they didn't i did it myself yeah. i'm not kidding and the problem was my boss kept putting me on the fryers i was like i know fryers let me cook your steak let me cook the steaks let me do all this stuff and i would do it and i would do it right and i kept asking him when are you going to pay me as a cook and he wouldn't do it. And then, super funny thing, I had a job offer. Actually, not super funny. It was stupid. I had a job offer from the Choctaw Casino, the hotel, to work as, like, a host or whatever. And I turned that position down because the next day my boss came to me and said, I'm going to give you a dollar raise. Ooh, a whole dollar. Yeah, right. Holy moly. And I was dumb, and I turned it down to stay at Applebee's, and 
can't, I can't speak badly about it because honestly, every job I've had, I've learned something good. I've learned something positive, whether that's through leadership, whether that's through my work ethic or I lack what I need to do better. And it's gotten me where I'm at now and the job I have now, which I absolutely love. And so I, I can't really speak to it, but I need to, I need to address something with the dress code that you were talking about the dress code. You're going to hear, this is funny. So I used to work at family video back in Denison. I used to do make $9 an hour working at a movie store. And it was super crazy. The dress code was you had to wear. <laughs> okay. I got to run, rewind it a little bit. I came into my interview wearing a original Jurassic Park shirt. And they said, you can't wear that. I was like, what are you talking about? That's Jurassic Park. I'm going to work in a movie store. Every every 70s, 80s, 90s show, every geek that's ever worked at a movie store, they're wearing a classic movie t-shirt to represent their love for film. They're like, yeah, you can't wear that. You have to wear a collared shirt. And then on Fridays, you have to wear dress pants. Ew. I was like, what? what? It's no, Denison, Texas. Yeah, I said, these <laughs> I can't I can't say because I love Denison. I was like, these guys walk in here wearing ripped shirts and baggy jeans. I was like, and I have to dress like I work at you know a managing position. I was like, so I would kind of cheat the system and I would wear my favorite nerd shirts underneath my collar shirts. And when my boss would leave, because my boss would leave after like an hour, I'd take it off and wear my nerd shirts the rest of the day of my yeah. shift because it made me feel good walking around with a movie shirt on and a movie store. I felt like I knew my stuff and I did. So, but yeah, I got, I, I, when you talk about dress code, it made me think of that. So <laughs> well, we're going to go trash back to discovery days. Um, Sunday is the Sunday, like the worst day of the week for y'all. Uh, after these stuff. I don't even think we had one. Um, You didn't have a shift on Sunday? Oh, for Sunday. Sorry. Yeah, Sundays. Yeah, I work double shifts sometimes on Sundays. So, Carrie, like, you know who I am. So, like, it's, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I've actually had a pastor preach about it. It was kind of funny. So, like, you go to church on Sundays, and then you go out to eat as everybody and their mama does and then you be a complete asshole to your server like i see it time and time again i've had it happen to me and i'm a petty server you're gonna be rude to me i'm just gonna be petty with you because i'm giving you good service i'm smiling i'm having a great time what are you gonna do complain about um, the tone of my voice even though i'm doing exactly what you want but like why do you gotta be rude to your server after you get done learning about God. Right. And I was talking to, I didn't know he was a pastor for Lake Point Church in Rockwell. I had no idea. I was talking to him and he asked me, like, is that true? And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, if I had a couple hours to spare, I would tell you all the stories. I was like, it's bad. Like, you don't understand, like, you go to church, you learn about God. You always say, like, you're a godly person. I'm a godly woman. I'm a godly man. I'm like, okay, great. Like, I am too. What can I get you started for a drink, right? Right. But then you turn around and you run the crap out of me. Like, I need this, and I need this, and this was wrong. And my bacon's too burnt, but I didn't want it too crispy. And why are my eggs over medium when I asked for over easy? Even mm-hmm. though you told me over medium. I put my orders in a tablet in front of you. I literally send the orders in front of you to the kitchen. But, but but I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> and so he next week I go to church at night because Sunday mornings are just way too hectic and crazy and I'm never gonna get them off. So I accept that. So I started going at night. And the next week he's talking, he's like, Oh, and y'all need to be nice to your servers after you leave this place because I know what y'all do and I was like Oof What <laughs> He did his <laughs> job, like, that's what he did. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. 
I think people think that's like a cliche thing, but it's honestly, and that's like the go-to example when people talk about being, you know, a Christian outside the four walls of the church. They they go to the example of either traffic or, or like road, being on the road, or they go to treating your waiter and waitress nice, which honestly, though, it's not a joke. It's so true because having worked in that industry, it's stressful it, it it's it's hard you have more bad days than you have good days so when you're serving someone the last thing on your mind needs to be you know this person might give me a hard time you know i want to you know basically pick a fight and, and you don't it's just it's hard today in the workforce because people are so selfish you know people are out for themselves and People don't want to take the time to get to know you. And, and I talk about this a little bit in my previous episodes. It's relationships are more transactional than they are just, you know, down to earth these days. And I like to not. A lot of compromising. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you're doing too much compromising, then you are just like, yeah, it's good to compromise. I'm not saying it's bad. Like, I compromise when I don't want to go to the gym and my boyfriend does. And I'm like, okay, fine. I get it. Or I'll walk for a little bit and I'll go to the car. That's compromising. But, like, there also comes to a point in time where it's like, okay, I don't want to compromise here. I don't want to go. You go. You do want to go. Yeah. So I'm not going. Period. Like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. That's where that <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, people make doing things hard and doing things and going to a job hard. And I get it. There's some days where I'm out loud, like, this is why people don't want to go to work. This is literally it. But on the bright side, you also have to think, you know, this is an opportunity for me to kind of show them how to do something differently. You know, maybe not outwardly, you know, out them and, but just to kind of be different, do things different. And we kind of live in a world where it's just fast paced and, you know, at, I don't know how people do it, especially in that industry, you know, where it's a constant relationship. I'm so fortunate where my job is. I don't have to deal with customers. I just have to deal with my coworkers and they're not bad. <laughs> um, uh, some of them listen to my podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, yeah, right. But, you know, when it comes to money, you know, we that's all it's about get my money's worth out of this, out of something. And while that's about 50% of it, I think we could do a lot better. I'm talking in general people. We could do a lot better taking the time to get to know somebody, you know, just a little bit, even if it's a few seconds, you know, and like you were saying, like the tone in your voice and, to tone in other the people's best, voices. The best advice I could give to people that are in the service industry and do have to deal with guests and customers is to like, this is going to sound so bad. I'm going to get banned from all my serving sites. Like, <laughs> well, what? Ease up on, if you have any, uh, ease up on the, on the bad words. <laughs> Nine times out of 10, your server is performing the best performance of their freaking life. Like, like, y'all, you hear me on the phone right now, right? Like, I have a deep tone to my voice. I know I sound like a man sometimes. But then it's like, hi, thank you for calling Cracker Red Go. My name is Becca. How may I help you? And that's the voice you're going to get. You call that phone, I pick it up. That's the voice you're going to get. You, you heard it, people. Down. Call the Cracker Barrel, and and, and, and you're going to hear Becca's voice change. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, like, I'll be – I'm fake at the table, too. I'm not even, like – my name is Beck. I'll be taking care of you guys today. What can I get you guys started with your drink? And then it's like they'll ask a genuine question or they'll tell me they are a server and it immediately drops. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So, like, to be honest with you, you don't want this, but you want this. And I fully mean it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a thing. Like, when a server sees another server, it's just an understanding. Yeah. No, I, I, feel, I feel that. Duh. Yeah, I'm sure you've helped a lot of people with that advice because you know you're right you're it's sometimes you know they don't have to be there 
And that's, and I kind of want to speak on the other side of that to companies and managers. If you're a manager that's listening, your employees don't have to be there. They're choosing to be there. Yes, while they are getting a paycheck, it's putting food on their table, it's keeping their rent paid, it's keeping their car going. They don't have to be at your specific company. You know, they can choose somewhere else. So why not make it the best environment of their eight hours? You know, you it's actually proven that you spend more time at work than you do at your own home. So I think it's the managers and the leaders' jobs to make it a safe environment, a, a uplifting environment to where you want to go to work every day. You want to keep coming back. And that's the main goal of where my job is too, is they said it, we want you to stay. We want you to keep coming back. So we're going to do our best to keep this environment uplifting and positive. And not every place has that goal. You know, uh, I don't know how it is at your job. Is that your job? The way they kind of run their atmosphere is keeping it to where you want new people to keep coming back. It is all called employee retention. Every business, major business, every job that you ever get in life, that is their main goal, is employee retention. They literally have three-hour meetings, meetings about this. How can we keep the employees here? What can we do? What can, like, is there something that we need to do? Our problem is, is that more places are paying more than we can actually pay them. So, like, we can't keep them because they're getting better job offers. And that's our main reason right now. It's so competitive but out there. Yes. And they're all trying to top each other. The problem is half of those businesses are going to go out because they can't afford to pay people like that. And then long term, they're going to go out first. And then everyone's going to come right back to us. So lower paying jobs because that's what they can, you know. Right. It's kind of like get in while you can and then grab as much as you can and then leave. Yeah. Get what you can out of it and then move on to the and next. And it doesn't help for high turnover positions like servers, bartenders, busters, cooks. Dishwashers. Like I somehow made it into a career. I'm not trying to say because, you know, I am in college, so I'm about to, like, get out. So, <laughs> so I'm not – I know I'm not there for a long time, but I've always made my – turned high turnover positions into careers just by sticking it out. You know, and that's what I did for my last job. Right. I was there since that place opened. I opened that place with them. And then um, I worked my way up into management. You know? Right. So you're in college. What are you going to college for? Uh, right now I'm doing I'm going to be an orthodontic assistant. Heck yeah. What and made then, you choose that? Well, I want to be an orthodontist. Okay. So I'm going to start as an assistant, like a dental assistant, and then go to orthodontic assistant, hygienist, and then orthodontics. So I'm going to be in school, but at least I'll be getting paid for what I want to do. So do they have programs where you can now maybe, right now in life, work at a dentist office and kind of be a protege or do you need to just finish your schooling first then or can you do like simultaneously like, i could do i could do like front reception but i still would have to like you know mm, well i could i could do front reception at a dental office somewhere until i get my like certifications that's really what it is so like you can go to a school and get like do like a 12 week class or something and get your it's called an rda and a cdr mm -hmm. it's your certifications that you need hmm. so yeah i mean that's basically what i'm doing i think that would be also a, an option i would consider too just to kind of get familiar with the atmosphere of what you would be doing full-time just the atmosphere of the orthodontics office you know every orthodontics office i've been in it's very calming you know quiet it seems like a uh, pretty chill place to work, you know, and, and you're getting to know different customers, or I should say patients, different patients. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, that's really awesome. I'm really proud of you for doing that. Um, 
how much schooling left do you have for before kind of taking your first step towards that? Two to three months left. Okay. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, I'll definitely then consider coming to see you uh, so you can work on my disgusting teeth. Hello. <laughs> well. Oh, I have braces now. I'm not going to do that. You have braces. I do. Ah, your teeth are messed up. Great. Awesome. <laughs> well, um, Becca, do you do you have any uh, final uh, thoughts or anything you might want to say to, uh, not, I mean, not to me or to me directly or, or to the listeners that are listening? Um, anything that you would feel on your heart that you want to share? Or... If you're out of the country, continue what you're doing with the servers. If you're in the country of the United States, send your servers. They get paid two thirteen an hour, despite what they tell you. And super to go people too. Apparently, that's a big issue right now too. Like they make just about the same as the servers, and people tip less on to go because they feel like they didn't do anything. But they're literally packing up all the food, making sure it's all in there, getting all the condiments, getting all the silverware, and putting it in a bag and giving it to you. And that's how I feel. All right. I just I I do have done door dashes from Cracker Barrel. Um oh, and, and I mean they've always been really nice to me, so I have no and I love I love their breakfast food. Just wanna throw that out there. I like I like the cheesecake pancakes. Do you get uh employee discounts? Yeah. Nice. Oh, one final thing before you go. I actually applied um, to be, work the gift shop in Allen at Cracker Barrel. I didn't get the job, obviously, but I applied there. In Allen? Yeah, when I was living there, I applied. They're weird over there. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but we are like, like we keep so we use them as our last resort because it's the furthest away from us. It's like, so within the stores, if we run out of the boxes, but like the Mesquite location or the Greenville location has them, we'll be like, hey, yo, want to trade? And we'll literally trade off between the stores. Like it's the NFL draft, huh? <laughs> and we called Allen once and they were like, oh, don't y'all have a truck that comes? And then all of a sudden they called us the next day going, oh, can we trade? And then I have the pettiest manager on the earth, and I love her so much. She literally looked at, like, was on the phone, looked over at me, put her cell phone speaker, and like, don't you guys have a truck that comes, or do you just borrow from other stores? And I was like, I know she's lying. I love her so much right now, and I was trying to, like, hold it together. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, they're kind of rude and weird over there. We don't really usually try to talk to them. They're like, they got the plague, right? They just kind of got to stay away from them. Well, they're used, they're also like not even anywhere near close to us. They're more close to Denton. Yeah. So we really shouldn't be training with them in the first place, but we do. That's crazy. I never knew uh, you guys did that with. I knew about like going over to different restaurants. Because when I worked at Dairy Queen, we called Dairy Queen on the location. We'd be like, Hey, do you guys have such and such product? And we go over there and pick up a couple bags. We trade off. Yeah. yeah. Do you, are you talking like trading off at employees too, or? Um, no, 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 no. Okay, I had a bad idea on that. <laughs> I was thinking you guys were like, "Hey, I'm short staffed. You got anybody over there? Yeah, I can borrow." <laughs> I mean, really, we could do that. That's that is an option, but no one does that. So. That sounds so bad, though. When you really think about it. <laughs> I don't think they realize employees realize that when you try to transfer locations they call us give you forewarning no they ask about you they're like oh I have Daniel here and he said he was a cook and blah 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 and we literally like tell him like if you're a good employer or a bad employee Oof, yeah, word travels fast. And that's all in like a split second. Like as soon as you're like, hey, I work at the Rockwell location and I want to transfer to the Mesquite location. Can you help? And they'll, they'll call us and be like, hey, we have Daniel here. 
and he sent you from your location and he wants to come transfer over here and we're gonna be like uh okay yes or no you know yeah get confirmation this person exists like i we've denied people transfers we've denied people hired back like it's just it just depends like you said it's high turnover yeah well becca this is fun um thank you for doing this as a cool uh just kind of different take on the podcast usually i do more serious subjects so it's nice to have like a chill chat with you and catch up and people get to know me a little bit and know you me and your perspective and know you so but thank you for doing this um definitely have to do it again sometime but thank you for coming on the podcast and supporting it and supporting what i do um and uh, I'm really happy about your education going forward, and I wish you the best on that. Yeah, of course. I'll totally come back. This was fun. All right. Well, you have a great night, and uh, I will talk to you later. All right. I'll All right. talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, that was my cousin, Becca. Um, I know there's a different take on the podcast. Usually we talk about serious subjects, but this week I decided to take a break and just chit-chat and I hope you enjoyed the mundane chit chat. And next week, I will have a special guest on, Miss Linda Hamilton. She is a counselor, and we're going to be talking about all things counseling and what the climate of that is today. And we'll be, uh, I'll be asking questions, and she'll be answering. So it's going to be a Q and A with another special guest. So thank you guys for listening, though. Be sure to like and follow. I will post the link below for IamHappy.com for Mike Hayes. Be sure to sign up for notifications, and I will also post links for all the social media outlets. But until then, guys, thank you again for tuning in to The Takeaway. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will see you next uh, weekend with Linda Hamilton. Bye. Oh, I know that you probably forgot, but you say so well.